Hey, 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 and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sharon and the host of this podcast. And today I'm super excited because throughout my career, I've been able to be a part of some incredible organizations, sit on some pretty cool boards, and one of those being the Young Insurance Professionals that my wife and I co-founded years ago. And it's pretty awesome that I'm still young enough to be a part of that for a few more years. But through that organization, I was able to go to UCA, the University of Central Arkansas, sit down with a a group of amazing individuals, and we led a panel discussion with the uh, students there at UCA in the School of Insurance and Risk Management. And while I was there, I I just was continued to be impressed with my guest today, who is the director for the Center of Insurance and Risk Management over there at University of Central Arkansas. And I was impressed because she's doing such a great job. And she is uh, so passionate about the industry, about teaching and learning still, you know, 20 years in, and she says she's still learning and she still loves teaching this and she wants to continue to grow. She also talks about her passion for the insurance hall of fame and what that means to her. Uh, I can't wait for you to hear my discussion, but first, if you have not um, done it yet, um, please go through and, uh, subscribe wherever you're listening and leave a review if there's an opportunity to do that and shoot me an email with any feedback you have so far on the, on the podcast. I've gotten so many emails and text messages. It's overwhelming and I love it. And I want those to continue because uh, some of the suggestions that I got, uh, I've done already. And I, I really hope that it's making this better. Without you, this podcast doesn't exist and it's not as good or bad as it is because You guys feed me so much information and I love it. So again, without further ado, my conversation with my friend, Cindy Burleson. Well, how you doing there, Cindy? Doing good, doing good. Talk to me real quick, Cindy. Let's go, let's take a walk down memory lane. Tell me your story. Tell me about what makes Cindy Burleson. Okay. It was really fun when you first talk to me about doing this, just kind of thinking back through how I've gotten where I am. It's a great, it's been a great trip. I guess that's the best way to say it. I fell into insurance like many people do. Never had any idea that I would go in that, you know, into that area. My son, who you all know, had started school and I was looking for something to fill the time. And a friend of mine came up to me and said, said, uh, hey, have you got a resume? We're hiring at my office. So I handed her my resume, went in for an interview the next day. The next week, I started to work at Brown and Brown in Leesburg, Florida as a CSR. Knew nothing about insurance, except that I had homeowner's insurance and auto insurance, and we had a life insurance policy. That's what I knew. There you go. That's so, all you knew. That's that's all I knew. I spent, you know, my on the first, coast or is this in the middle of Florida? Were you in like, the middle of Florida? About sixty miles, sixty-five okay. miles from Daytona Beach. Okay. okay. So, uh, forty-five miles northwest of Orlando. So, right there in the center of the state. Um, that's where Brown and Brown's headquarters. Is. Daytona Beach. Yeah, Daytona, Daytona Beach. Uh, I was I worked there for about seven years. Okay. Um, and you know, I'll just say that's where my foundation in insurance came from. And I think my love for insurance as a whole, because I had a tremendous agency manager who taught me well. Okay. He was, you know, he was great to work for, and I got to present a few times at. Brown and Brown uh, executive meetings and things like that. So got to work uh, some with Hyatt Brown, Powell Brown, but Larry Moy, my my agency manager where I started, was a great teacher. Yeah, I started out just uh, like I said as a CSR. I never wanted to do sales. That was not ever anything that I would have ever wanted to do. But uh, working as a CSR, you know, I started doing bops. Everybody knows what those are. You know, two and three hundred dollar bops, but about the last four years that I was there, I handled the large accounts for the agency. So probably would have been equivalent to an account executive role. It was just before those titles came into play, um, and I loved it. Uh, I loved taking an account and 
figuring it out and finding the personality of the, the account, seeing what their risks were, helping the producer round it out. You know, I just, I really enjoyed that work and what I was doing. I loved working with the people and the producers. Larry Moy would scare me to death. Like I said, he was my agency manager. He'd come in and he'd just sit down in front of my desk and ask me an insurance question. And I'd be sitting there sweating bullets going, oh man, is this going to get me fired if I don't know this answer? So that's the way I did a lot of my early learning. Um, right. Of course, he, you know, he immediately put me in uh, CIC classes. And then I also started working on the CPCU while I was there. My husband had a job move. So we moved to Arkansas after, you know, after that. And um, I didn't know what I was going to do. In Arkansas, I did spend about six months working for a state farm agent, but I very quickly figured out, and this is nothing against personal lines agencies, but that was not my forte. Right. I really liked the commercial side, and that's what I had done in Florida was only worked with commercial accounts. So I decided to go back to school and finish my bachelor's degree. Did that. Economics and finance insurance wasn't an option at the time. Uh, wasn't even available. And then I went back to work for Brown and Brown in Little Rock for a, a short time. But the drive from Walton and Little Rock to Little Rock was awfully long. Uh, and I got a unique opportunity. Friend of mine, see, I've gotten, always gotten my jobs through friends of mine. A friend of mine who worked for American Management Corporation okay. contacted me and said, we're going to be hiring and I think you might be interested in this job. You know, send your resume. So I did came and interviewed for a job as a compliance officer. Knew nothing about what I would be doing, but I like a challenge. Right. And I loved insurance and it was only 18 miles from my house. So my decision, drive. yeah, a lot better drive. So my decision to take that job didn't have anything to do with the company I was working for. It had a lot to do with less time in the car and just, a unique challenge when I came and interviewed, you know, they talked to me about uh, things like, you know, work, helping, helping them uh, work with their underwriters, which at that time, you know, was like Zurich was, I think their main underwriter with making sure that the product that they were issuing and their underwriting rules matched what the underwriter uh, expected. But I also worked with, was going to work with the IT department helping them develop algorithms when ISO made changes to, um, to, to rating and things like that. And it just in, really intrigued me, you know, so then I would be learning something new. So I took that position and actually stayed with them for, from 2003 till 2014. Wow. We went through, you know, went through the buyout when Fairfax, sure bought out or you know a couple of things happened during the last three or four years I was there but which actually gave me a short two or three years of working for Chrome and Forrester so really got to learn the ins and outs of the inside of a company. Now all in a compliance role or do you change roles throughout? Well when I, when I moved to Chrome and Forrester I think my title was like regulatory manager Okay. So I got to, you know, do some work with the, the filings department, with the regulatory department, uh, you know, learned a lot there, did some project management uh, just on the business side, working from the business side, connecting with the IT side, you know, and managing some projects there. But as with all buyouts, you never know where that's going to go, you know, as far as, and my job was pretty much done in uh, Morristown, New Jersey. So I, that was not on my radar moving to New Jersey. I knew that wasn't something I would want to do. Um, so I got an opportunity to uh, apply as, for a position as director of risk management and compliance for a pet insurance broker just outside of Louisville, Kentucky. Pet insurance. Pet insurance. Well, again, that was really intriguing. Yeah. Something new, you know, it was a lot of business I didn't know about. It, 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 pet insurance had existed for a while, but it was really an up and coming. This was a 10 year old company, so fairly new company. Um, and it just, like I said, it just really intrigued me. 
I went up and interviewed and um, took that position. So did, did Stayed there for four years. Saw that position, or did you have to move to Kentucky? No, I moved, moved to Louisville. Okay. Uh, moved to Louisville, drove across the bridge every day to Jeffersonville, Indiana, because I lived in technically Jefferson Town, Kentucky, but it was a part of the Louisville metro. But I worked in Jeffersonville, Indiana, um, right across the bridge. Um, sure. Tremendous learning opportunity there. You know, at, at AMC, working with Steve Sr., Doug, and all of the group there, I, I learned so much about the broker business, working with Zurich, and then what I gained from Chrome and Forrester. And then at Pet First, uh, watching a product develop, you know, getting to work with underwriters on developing forms and, and rates and rate structure and, and uh, working with the departments of insurance because the claims department fell under my area of um, on the executive team and there I was actually on the executive team so that put me in the kind of in the C-suite area for a little while for some experience there and I worked with departments of insurance um, you know handled claims that were es escalated claims I uh, worked a lot on processes developing processes uh, risk management did a lot of research on uh, captives and some things like that that I got to do in that position, you know, that I would have never been able to touch. I don't think anywhere else I was. Uh, and then I found out that Dr. Bratton wanted to retire. And uh, so kind of the rest is, that's, that's the rest of the story and where I am now. I applied for that position and, and I was at Pet First for four years uh, in that executive role and worked with, uh, Lansden Robbins, who was one of the co-founders uh, of Pet First, was had a, a tremendous business mind. So again, working with people who, uh, and the, the CEO, the CFO that I worked with there, marketing, uh, VP of marketing, just tremendous minds yeah. taught me a lot. And I, you know, I learned, I think I helped them, but I learned a lot you know, for myself. And I think you see a theme yeah. through, through the things that I've done. And it was all about learning and growing, uh, adding on top of what I knew. Right. Now, what learning was drew you, what was it that drew you to UCA and the Department of Insurance there and coming back home, I guess, so to speak, or back to Arkansas, I guess, what drew you back here? Well, there's a few things that drew me back there from the job side. Uh, I had always wanted to be a teacher, but you know, th life just happened and I didn't go in that direction and to be able to teach and insurance and risk management meant that I was going to be able to take all of these things that I had learned for all of these years and use them to help teach people who were going into that field at the age of 21 and 22. You know, and, and to me, hopefully to help them have a, head, a heads up on how to proceed through that career, to, to be able to impart to them some real world scenarios. And you know, because what you learn in the book always doesn't exactly work that way in the real world. And I'm not, there's nothing against book learning because that's important. You know, it's vital to have the theory and understand how things work and how they're supposed to work. And, and uh, you know, and how everything operates behind that, but then to take it and apply it, sometimes it requires a lot of critical thinking, you know, a, a thinking mindset. You have to be able to think. And I wanted to be able to share those things, uh, those types of, of um, scenarios, those types of, of learning, you know, ways of learning with students to help them to be able to move into a career and make an impact in a short time, wherever they go. Yeah. It sounds like your entire career though, as you mentioned before, you had all these learning experiences and bosses that would challenge you and ask you questions. And you had a, a very vast array of different titles and jobs in your career. So I'd imagine that would be, you know, something that would be of interest to you. What's been your biggest challenge going from working with experienced agents at Brown and Brown 
or with Pet First, things like that, to now you're working with inexperienced college students and teaching and molding the next generation. And that's something that means a lot to me as well, being involved in the young insurance professionals and being involved uh, with the PIA and the big eye, different areas. It's huge to me. So that's got to be a challenge. Has that been something you could talk about for a minute that's been a challenge? Uh, yeah, it, it's, you know, it, it's a completely different mindset. The, the focus of what I'm doing, you know, is different. And, and I, I don't think I had, I don't think that I had, well, I'll just say this. My four years at Pet First helped me prepare for this because at Pet First, being a pet insurance company, a lot of pet insurance is sold through um, call centers. So the agents, and one of the things that I did while I was at Pet First was help them set up training for new agents, for new people who were coming in who were going to be trained to sell uh, in the call center. So I was providing a lot of, we called it pre-pre-licensing because pet insurance, to sell pet insurance in today's time, at least the way it is right now, you're required to have a PNC license just like someone who's going out here and selling commercial insurance, home and life. And there's nothing in any of those manuals about pet insurance. So these mostly young people were coming in and they knew nothing about the insurance business. So I would take them through a series of classes to prepare them because what we were finding was we had such a high failure rate when they would go to a pre-licensing class and then take the insurance exam you know, they would, a lot of people would fail on the first time around because it just blew their minds. Four-day class and then take that exam of stuff they had never heard before. So I developed some pre-preparation uh, pre uh, training sessions for them to help them prepare for those pre-licensing classes and then taking that exam. And it's not unlike the students that I work with now because these are people who haven't really been introduced to insurance unless maybe they come from a family business where they've worked in it or, you know, or their parent, a parent or aunt or uncle works in the insurance industry or risk management industry. Uh, so they'll have a little bit of um, experience with some of the wording, you know, or know a little bit about what it's about. But a lot of people are just like these future agents that I worked with in, in uh, Jeffersonville they didn't know anything. So that four years kind of helped me in that transition wasn't extremely hard. Right. Because look, working with these students was just like working with those young uh, people who became agents, you know, those young agents uh, during that time. I think the harder transition was moving from a corporate type setting to an academic setting because they work totally different. Um, okay. And it's not any positive or negative. It's just a completely different environment. So there's different processes. Um, you know, it's, there's just a lot of different differences from that way. And I, I believe I'm navigating that pretty well. Uh, yeah. It was just it was just as a completely different, um, completely different setting. But now you had said you wanted to be a teacher always, mm -hmm. and now you know, you're not only a teacher, but you're also running the insurance department at UCA, correct? Well, sort of. I, yeah, I direct the Center for Insurance and Risk Management right. Studies. We're, we are still under a department at UCA. We're a part of the eFIRM department, Economics, right. Finance, Insurance, and Risk Management. So I work with our department chair, and we talk about, uh, you know, uh, program expansion and you know, new subjects and where we might need to go and then staying on top of the subjects that we're teaching, making sure that we're keeping current with um, what's going on today. There's a little bit of executive stuff you still get to do as well as teaching. Right. So uh, what, what has been your favorite thing about teaching these insurance classes at UCA? I know you alluded to some of that earlier, but... Yeah. I think, I think some of it is, and I have to go back to an experience I had at Pet First. Okay. That I sometimes get that same experience at UCA with the students. Uh, I was teaching a class where we were talking about homeowners insurance. Okay. And I had completed the class with this, had a group, you know, six or eight 
people who were getting ready to take their property and casualty exam. And when I finished that class, I had one girl just put, pound her fist down on the table, not mad or anything, but she said, I'm going home to read my insurance policy. I didn't know about any of this stuff. And it's just kind of that light bulb moment, you know, where someone says, oh, so that's how it works. You know, wow, I need to learn about this. And, and you know, and I get some of those in, uh, in the classes. I, I'm trying to get where students talk a little bit more, participate more in class, and I introduced some interactive technology uh, back in January, and 61% of my students said they felt more engaged in the class with the addition of this technology, so I'm hoping that helps. Um, yeah, can you talk about that technology at all? What is that technology? Well, it, it's called Top Hat. And right. students log, so when I go in to do a class, uh, the students log in to technically a virtual classroom, even though we're in the same class, you yeah. know, we're in the same room. And as I'm teaching, there are things that I've incorporated into the presentation I'm doing for them that like a, a, a one word question, you know, might pop up, you know, give me one word that tells me how you feel about this sentence. And they're through their technology, whether they're on their phone or on a computer, uh, you know, a laptop or a tablet, they're entering their answers and it's popping up like in a word cloud, you know, some things like that. I can actually incorporate questions that are correct or not and they're graded um, as a part of that technology. So, you know, it's, it's keeping them engaged through. And I do a lot of that with uh, scenarios. Okay. You know, I'll, I'll use scenarios. I may teach a, a topic and then follow it up with a scenario. How would you apply this? Yeah, that's you know, always helpful. Yeah. You know, like if this claim happened and, you know, this was the amount claimed and they had this much deductible, uh, how much would the insured, you know, get for something? You know, I could get it. I, I could get started and go into a lot of detail on these because I really enjoy it. But but, you know, getting their responses and seeing them respond. You know, I come from, you know, my father uh, teaches classes uh, in insurance and he teaches pre-licensed classes. And when I was getting my license back in 03, 04, you know, I studied so hard and I would give him a hard time because I went through all that. But then once I got in the business, it's a different ballgame to have that stuff you learn in the books as mm -hmm. opposed to the real life selling. And so I feel like what you're doing for these students and giving them real life examples and giving them real life scenarios, that's going to only help them even more. Right. Cause it's the application, you know, and that's yeah. what people like me and a lot of other colleges have someone like me in their insurance and risk management program who has come, you know, who is experienced and may, may or may not have a doctorate, but because I don't have a doctorate degree, do have a master's degree from a great school, University of South Carolina. Go Gamecocks. Um, yeah, I didn't say that, did I? Oh, come <laughs> on now. <laughs> <laughs> but that, yeah, that's where I got my master's degree, Steve Spurrier era. So, you know, can't help it. That's awesome. But, uh, the old ball coach. Yeah, the old ball. Old, old, you have to come to my office and see my picture. Um, but but I, that still allows me to teach in this program and gives me the opportunity to use my 20 plus years of experience to bring that into the subject matter, you know, with a lot of, of examples, you know, and that's, that's what I feel like people take, you know, I, when I'm being taught, I remember the examples, you know, yeah, that's, that's what, that's what I take with me. So I want to give these students things they can take with them. And even students who take, I teach a risk and insurance class. I know, you know, you had sent me maybe a possible question about what I teach. I teach a class called risk and insurance that a lot of students take who are not insurance and risk management majors. They're required to take it, but a lot of other students take it. And I've always said, if I can give them something that they can take out that they'll use later on in their, in their own life, because they're only going to own vehicles, they're going to buy a house or rent and they can take this information and, you know, put it to use later on down the road. That's what's important. Um, we're, 
you know, we, we constantly work on our program. Like I said, updating. I know I'm teaching for the second time this fall a class on uh, the application of data analysis. So in other words, how a manager can take the data that's been, uh, data that's been uh, collected and analyzed. So now they're looking at you know, the graphs or the files and, and say, what's this telling me? How can I use this to make decisions in my office or in my company or you know, in, in different, for instance, you know, on our work comp claims to help take work comp you know, take our, our, our work comp losses down. So things like that uh, in this class, and it's, it's like the application of data analysis. So this will be the second time I'm teaching it. It's an upper level course, uh, that I, and I love it. That's such a big buzzword right now in the insurance industry is the data and so many insurance agencies trying to learn how to use the data either in their system already or that they're collecting day-to-day -day from clients. Uh, so like, that's huge for you to be yeah. teaching that to up-and-coming insurance people and insurance professionals. Uh, exactly. Like continue to talk about that some more. I'd love to hear more. Yeah, I, I'd be, I, could, I could spend an hour just talking about what, you know, what we're doing in that class. Um, <laughs> but you know, to add things like that, I'm hopefully eventually going to be developing a class for freshmen, talking to them about, managing risk by learning how to make optimal decisions or make, you know, excellent decisions as they go along to keep them from making so many off the cuff decisions and going down a road that's not where they needed to go down, you know, so that they can finish their college career and really get where they need to be, you know, what they should be doing without spending a few years just wandering around trying to figure out what to do. Uh, so those are the kind of things that we talk about, you know, and we work on and we develop. Um, what are some of the other, for people that don't know or aren't familiar with the insurance and risk management or whatever the degree yes. might be, what are some other courses that you teach there? What are some other things that someone might be able to get out of that uh, as they decide or try to make that decision of, do I want to get into insurance or not? Give some advice on that. Or maybe there's somebody listening, sure. that's a kid that may want to go here or a grandkid or whatever it may be. Talk to me a minute about the, about the program. Okay. Yeah. In the program we have, you know, of course our students, the UCA has some core courses they have to take. And then they're, because this is in the college of business, there are some required business courses that they have to take. But when they get into the insurance and risk management degree program, they're going to take things, like I said, that risk and insurance class that I, that I teach, which is going to give them just a, a great introduction to risk management. We talk, we talk pretty extensively about auto insurance, personal auto, and life and health is more of an introduction about it. And then we get pretty extensive into homeowners in that course. So it gives them a really good introduction. We have a little section in there. We've talked a little bit about how companies operate. We talk about underwriting, claims adjusting. So they get a really good overview of the insurance industry in that class. And that's kind of like their first major class that they're required to take. They don't always take it first. I tell them they really should because you know, it gives them a really good introduction into the things that they're going to study in some of these other classes. But then they take, they take a life and health class that's, you know, full semester class, pretty deep into life and health and how it works. Property and liability, you know, a full semester class that, that goes deep into those, um, you know, those categories and talks more about commercial than we do in the one that I teach. Employee benefits. That's a required course for insurance and risk management majors. And I think very appropriate for today because employee benefits is such a huge uh, growth area in the insurance, in the insurance industry, for sure. They, yeah, they take corporate risk management, you know, which is just a good corporate risk management course that talks to them about the ins and outs of managing risk from the corporate side and then insurance operations and regulations. 
So that course goes deep into how a company, an insurance company, you know, how it operates, where they're going to talk, you know, more deeply about underwriting and claims and all of the areas of the insurance company and the in industry and how it operates and how they work with agents and, and then talks about the regulation side, you know, how insurance is regulated. So they're going to learn, you know, a good deal about the department of departments of insurance and how they work and, and, uh, then there's some, those are all required courses, the ones that I just talked about. So anyone who's majoring in insurance and risk management is required to take those courses. Then there are some elective courses that they can take, like surplus lines. I always say that's a great course because that's a very interesting area to go into, you know, surplus lines to learn about that. Uh, you also have a little bit of a background there working in American management. And so, yes. And, and yes, I do. Uh, and I've worked uh, at Pet First. We had, when I first got there, we had a um, surplus lines product that we, that we sold. So I worked very heavily with um, Lloyd's and actually had people from Lloyd's in London that came and met with us. And, and I never did get to go over there. I always wanted to, but. I didn't get to go over and visit with them, but and I, I have heard some incredible stories about how that works and the yes. you know mindset over there. It's totally different, um, but anyhow, it would be cool to go. I would love to. Hear yeah, yeah, it would be. In fact, yeah. back of my mind, way in the back of my mind, because I'm sure it'd be a while before anything like this could ever be developed. I would like to do a maybe a short uh, two week, maybe even a one week course on the history of insurance and have a trip to London be a part of it. Wouldn't well, that be good? If you, if you need chaperones for that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need anybody to go along, you just call Stacy and I. Yeah. Uh, that one's way back there in the back of my mind, but well, it is, you, you know, it's like, Oh, that would be a really neat possibility really for a short say, course. Yeah. I think that would be huge. And I think that would be very beneficial Right. You know, beneficial. I'll let you finish the courses and I want to talk about something else for a minute. No, that's fine. No, uh, no. Yeah. Then we have personal financial planning course. You know, we have an investments course because people who are going into more the life and health side uh, or maybe from the investment side, you know, that way they can, they can, um, they can actually, you know, can pick up information, can learn about that as well. We do have a personal financial planning track. Uh, within the insurance and risk management degree. So someone who knows that's the direction they want to go in, they can follow that track, uh, which is a little bit different than the one I just laid out, but it still includes a lot of the same, the same courses. Of course, the internships, students getting internships is major. Um, many of our students, when they, they, they already have their jobs lined up before they graduate, because they've been interning. You know, they've interned at a lot of different places. Uh, we, you know, people intern at US Able, they intern at Union Standard. Uh, we've had people intern at Farm Bureau, at Stevens. Uh, and then agents, you know, I don't think we have as many opportunities for internships within the agency but it'd be great if we did. We've had a few who have done that, and some of the people I know who interned in an agency, that's still where they work. Um, the, 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 they just stay, you know, they stay. They yeah, stay agents, in those positions. Agents, if you're listening to this, you can always reach out to Cindy and talk to her about it. As she says, she would love to have that, and I'm a huge proponent of that as well, because I think that uh, more and more agencies should get involved in the internship program. So, um, and while we're, while we're on here, I believe I still have one student who is looking for an internship in the Conway area okay. for, uh, for the fall. So, or summer, you know, summer or fall. Because some companies canceled their internship programs because of everything going on. So, right. we, everyone that I know of except one, at least that's only his contact and me, has been able to, you know, pick up another one. Outside of COVID, from what I understand, uh, over the last four or five years, even longer, you guys have pretty well 100% placement in internships. We do. And we do. We that's so incredible. It goes back to what I was saying earlier that I talked to my dad about. There's so much more that you learn being in the role as opposed to just hearing about it and learning book work. 
And right. I'm really impressed that you guys, I was able to be a part of a group that came out, a small group that came a panel discuss with your students mm -hmm. about the different areas of insurance and what you're going to get into once you actually step out of school and go into the professional role. Now, I think that's very yes. crucial. I think that's and that was an awesome event, too. The students really enjoyed uh, enjoyed that panel discussion and being able to ask questions. And, and well, I think that shows a lot about you and where you want to take this program by getting them in front of real-life professionals. And I thought we had a really good discussion, and, and I'm hoping that we could come do that again. Um, so that being said, um, uh, tell me, okay, some more about the internship program real quick. So there's hundred percent placement. Now are these paid internships or are these yes. unpaid or both? What, what, well, what does that look like? Or paid internships. And, you know, a lot of them are, you know, I can't speak for all of the companies, but maybe somewhat shadowing, but doing the job that, like when I first started in insurance, my first year, well, I don't know, Larry threw me into it pretty quickly, but you know, the, there was a, an experienced CSR that I worked with, you know, and I helped her, like I would do things like certi prepare certificates of insurance, so order MVRs, you know, all of those kind of jobs that I didn't have to have a license to do but took a lot of load off of, you know, that CSR. Might be if it was an underwriter I had been working with, contacting agents and saying, you know, I need a list of this, or we need, you know, pictures of this. So follow, doing a lot of follow-up work and things like that. That's what I think a lot of an internship can be doing things like that. You're basically shadowing someone, but every time you do that, you're learning more about what it takes to write a policy, you know, to quote a policy, and maybe even then doing some rating um, for a policy. There's there's all kinds of things that an intern can do. Sure. And and through that, two you know two or three things happen. One is I learn if this is an area I want to grow in and stay in. Uh, that company gets to look at me and see if I'm an employee they would like to have, you know? And so it, this can be a real growth opportunity for the future. And it also, I may say, you know, I just really don't like commercial insurance or I don't, I just really don't like underwriting. Might say I would rather be on the agency side. I think I'd rather be out there working with the insureds, you know, or directly contacting the insureds or it could go the other way. And you say, you know, man, I'd really like to get in there and underwrite this account. Or I see these claims coming in. I'd like to be out going out there and adjusting them. So it gives everybody an opportunity to find out where you fit, yep. you know, in the, in the industry. So I think intern, internships are, are a key player to helping people determine where they need, you know, where they need to go, um, where they want to go. Now, you say you're part of another department, a larger department. And I don't know how it is nowadays, but other business departments, other departments at UCA, do they have that kind of success rate or internship programs like you guys have? Or is that just I know, I know they have I know they have internships, but I don't know what their um, percentage placement that they boast. I always say we have ninety nine point nine because right. there might be a student that comes out that it takes them more than thirty days to get a job, but I haven't seen that yet. Sure. And I, I just, again, that sounds to me like it'd be unique to the insurance space because I tell people all the time, you know, it's such a small family in the insurance industry, whether it's, as you mentioned, you work for Brown and Brown in Florida and you mm -hmm. work for Brown and Brown in, in Little Rock. Um, yes. And so in those friendships that you made along the way helped you lead you to Louisville, Kentucky and lead you back here. Right. So it's a small family here. So I feel like that would be unique to Arkansas, having those internships. Mm -hmm. um, now, I want you to put a different hat on for a second. Um, That's fine. Let's teach some veteran agents a little bit here. Uh, <laughs> if there was some advice or lessons that you could teach, even a 10, 15 to 25 year old experience, 25 year experienced agent, what would that be? What would some advice for those agents nowadays be coming from Professor Burling? <laughs> 
Well, I actually thought about that a little bit. And of course, I have to have my teaching hat on, you know, my UCA. Is it Professor Burleson or is it Miss Burleson? What do you go by there? Uh, Just Miss Burleson. I just let the the students (laughs) just call me whatever. You know, a lot of them call me professor. I don't have that official title. That's, I think they just think everybody who gets up in front of them is a professor. So I do, I do correct them. If they call me doctor, I say, I I don't, I don't have, I don't, I don't have a doctorate. So, you know, don't call me Dr. Burleson. Okay. Uh, Number one is look for opportunities to mentor younger, not just students, but your younger agents, your younger employees. You know, just like I said, Larry mentored me when I started at Brown and Brown in Leesburg, and I owe a lot of my foundation to the way that he taught me, both by challenging me with his questions, because I never knew what he was going to ask, and it was always a coverage question. <laughs> um, right. Or by giving me things to do, you know providing me with learning opportunities and then giving me things to do that challenged me. You know, if he handed me an account or if, if one of the other CSRs that I was working with in my first couple of years handed me an account or later on, if I was doing that for someone else, um, they would ask me maybe to rate something or, you know, look at something and, and come to a conclusion or, to look at an account and say, okay, what is a way that we can maybe round out of this account? Do they have all the coverages they need? Is there something else we could suggest? You know, and then I would come back to them and we would have, you know, in-depth discussion. And sometimes I would miss things and they would point out, now, if you look over here or if you think in this area, you know, look, they have a, they have a board. What about directors and officers? You know, so they were teaching me every time. So look for opportunities to teach. I know it takes some of your time and, but it's so valuable as, as you know, as, as a person grows to, to learn, have that experience, to be able to learn. And what you're doing is because if I had not moved from Florida, I would still be working at Brown and Brown in Leesburg. You know, you're making, you're growing valuable employees, people who are going to bring value to you and that, because you know you're not going to live forever, that eventually you're going to need to turn your agency over to someone else That's right. or your department, wherever you're working, over to someone else. You want people who are trained to be the way you are and know what you know to take your place. Um, so that's, you know, the first thing I would say is look for opportunities to mentor, to help people learn. And uh, the second thing that I would say is don't ever lower your standards. Always have high standards. And I'm not talking about making people wearing suit and tie every day when they come to work. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about high standards of integrity, um, high standards of how you handle your business. Uh, you know, and that just goes back to things like even little things that I learned a lot about when I first started about signing documents that need to be signed. You know, making sure you get uh, rejection forms signed and things like that. You know, teach people to be thorough in how they're handling your clients, whether you're at a, on the company side working with an agent or you're on agency side working with an insured, because while the money's good, what we're doing, and this is what I, when I talk to incoming freshmen, this is what I tell them. The money is great in insurance. You have, in risk management, you have the opportunity to make whatever you want to make, depending on what direction you go in. While that's good, it's really all about doing what's best for your policyholder and protecting the integrity of your company, because that's going to make you successful. When you're going about doing what's best for your policyholder and protecting the integrity of your company, you're going to be a success. And I say that's what I've learned from the people that I've worked with. That's great <laughs> advice. Uh, and, I, and I love that. And I appreciate you sharing that with us. And I love that you talk about, you know, some of those things. And you brought, you brought up risk management several times and doing what's best for your client. 
Tell me your thoughts on risk management today and the importance of that in our industry. Because again, so many that I work with, that I've competed against, that I've been involved in, so much focus on price. And sometimes we forget about the risk management side of it and the importance. I'm glad you're teaching that. Those are some, some information and some thoughts you might be able to share with us on that from your perspective. Well, I, yeah, I'll just tell you, first of all, risk management is key. It's, it's what we do every day. And if we don't do it, it's going to lead to a lot of problems. Just like every customer who comes into your agency, even if it's a personalized customer, someone comes in and says, hey, I have a car. And, and you know, maybe we'll say a new customer, someone you've not worked with yet. I just bought a car and I need to get it insured. Can you give me a quote? You should never let that person walk out of your office with just an auto insurance quote. You should know more about them, you know, when they leave. And all of your co existing customers, commercial, personal, you need to find out what's going on with that person. You know, do, personalized customer, they have auto and a home. You know, they have four wheelers. Do they, what do they do? Do they go out on a boat? You can just think in all kinds of direction. A commercial you know, a commercial account. Uh, when I got to Pet First as the risk manager, you know, first thing I did was walk through the building to see what the layout looked like. Um, you know, where do we, did we need to make any changes, marking any steps? And one of the first things we did when I got there was institute a bring, to, bring your pet to work policy. We had people bring in their pets, but they're, and this is not anything against them. It's just something nobody had thought about. There were no uh, rules about whether your pet's sick or not. You know, have they been to a vet and had their shots? Um, are you leashing them at your desk or keeping them in a confined area? Because you just think somebody walking through that office, a dog runs across, you know, across, they trip and fall. Well, look, there's a big work comp claim. We didn't have customers in. It was just employees. But, you know, so you think about things like that is, is to look no, everything you do with a risk management. Right. And you do. It's funny. My wife and I, obviously, people that know, my wife's also in the industry. She and I go out to eat at a restaurant, and we're looking up and seeing, okay, they have a sprinkler system. This would be a good risk. Or we're back there looking at the Ansel system in the kitchen or paying attention to the trip hazards in the floor. And it's funny. She and I have those conversations. And it's like, gosh, we're such insurance dorks. But, you know, that's, it's funny how your mind works when you're in the insurance industry. I have a really neat, just like a two minute video that I show at the very beginning of, of my risk and insurance class. And, and the question that's asked on the video is what is risk? And so it's a, it's a, it's a really neat, just kind of to get you, to get you thinking. But then I start, I usually start out the class and say, you know, it's a little funny. Did you get out of bed this morning? Well, obviously you did cause you're here, you know, but, but when you, maybe even before you got up, did you take your phone and check the weather? You know, you go to your closet, you decide to what to put on. Um, you decide to walk to school or to drive. Do I take my umbrella? Do I not? Every one of those are risk management questions. We are all risk managers every day. And we right. need to really look around us and determine how to manage our risk. You know, it's really a part of our life. And if we get into a critical thinking mindset all the time, then we're looking at things from that eye of, you know, how's this going to affect me? What, what can this do for my future? Every customer who walks into your agency, every agent who, you know, comes into your company or starts working with your company, how can I round this out? How can I protect this customer? What does this customer actually need? You know, my first year, at, uh, or not my first year, I guess it was my second or third year at Pet First, I went in because I had reviewed the insurance program and I laid out like four or five coverages that we didn't have. You know, it's like, well, we need this, we need this, we need this, we need this, you know. And, and it, like you said, if we were just looking at it from a pricing angle, we would not have added any of those coverages. But when you look at it from what's our risk and determine your risk aversion, you know, how much risk do you want to take? Uh, we added all of them, but, 
But, you know, so there's so many opportunities and look what that did for our insurance agent. It helped them not only with protecting a customer better, they helped them in price too, because they got more premium, but it better protected us as the insured. So risk management is key. You know, if, if when you start looking at, at things through a risk management eye, you see so many more opportunities. You're exactly right. Uh, and, I, and I love that you share that as well. And I love where you're taking, you know, the UCA program um, and where your ideas and your mindset goes uh, on that because it was already a great program. And then with you coming involved, uh, it's just, it's neat to see where that's going. And that being said, I wanted to bring up a couple other things. Um, and one of those being, uh, I go back to the times that uh, I was there even before your time, I came in with my wife and a couple other buddies and we spoke about the things that we spoke about earlier. But also, there's a thing that you guys have partnered up with the PIA in uh, called the Forum. And I know that's been a big success and there's been a lot of your own students. In fact, we have one of your students on the Young Insurance Professionals Board now. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yes, but, um, I was excited to see that. Yeah, it's really cool. And... I could sit here and talk about the forum and what it is, but I would love for you from your perspective and from what you are, just talk about what that is a little bit and maybe tell the audience what that's meant to your UCA students and what they could get out of it as well, because it's open to the public and for anybody in the insurance industry that wants to show up. Talk to me about the forum just a little bit. Okay. And we've actually already scheduled the forum for this fall. In September. Uh, in September. Right? In September. Yeah. Um, and we, we schedule it for a big enough room that I believe we'll, you know, we'll be okay with uh, any social distancing that we might need to do. So hopefully everything will move smoothly with that. There you go, more uh, risk management on your part. <laughs> that's, that's right. Well, the forum, to me, what I like from the student standpoint is that it gives students an opportunity to come in and see risk management professionals put in a unique position because they're getting up and giving speeches. Uh, you know, at the beginning, I know it's prepared speeches, but still, they're getting to see people step out and do something that they might not even be exactly comfortable with. And then the impromptu, you know, getting up there and doing an impromptu uh, talk. I love that students get to see real world people participate in something like that. Because it, it just opens their eyes to say, hey, because we put them in an uncomfortable position in class, and when we send them out to you guys to work, you know, those are all uncomfortable positions, and that helps them to see that it's okay to be in an uncomfortable position. Um, you know, to, I don't want to say get them comfortable with that, but, but just to, to give them some courage to help them see other people have courage to step up and do things they're uncomfortable with, to help encourage them to do the same, uh, to step up and, and do some things they're, they're uncomfortable with, but that can lead to great success in their lives. So I think that's probably one of the main things, plus the networking, them getting to meet people that are active in the, in the insurance risk management industry and uh, begin some networking that will help you, you know, later on. And I, I also, you know, going back to what you were saying a minute ago, I also think it helps because I've been an insurance agent. I've also been on the company side. I've also been, you know, in different arenas in the, in the insurance space as well as you have. And one of the biggest things I see a lot of young insurance professionals when they come in is delivering that speech and delivering that, um, that policy or talking about the proposal. And when you get in front of a room and you're stuttering or you don't know your, your subject matter, or you don't know that policy, it's, it's already the person on the other end of the, the spiel, so to speak, is thinking this guy's uncomfortable. He doesn't know what he's doing. Right. I'm comfortable buying from this guy. So them come to the forum, uh, the PIA and that you guys are supporting as well. I think that really helps. Help. So if you're a producer out there listening to this, or if you're an agency owner, you know, it's not just for UCA students, they get to benefit from it. But I would love for you guys to come not only check out the beautiful facilities that they have at UCA, but also be a part of this. Um, speaking of events, 
and things at your beautiful facility. I want to talk about one other thing that's still fairly new to our industry and still fairly new to Arkansas, and that's the Arkansas Insurance Hall of Fame. And that has really just taken off. Um, and I really think it's been a huge added value to our industry. And I would love to you to speak about that for a few minutes as well and the UCA's part in that. Well, the, the Hall of Fame is housed at UCA. There's a wall when you walk into the business of insurance. I mean, the business, the College of Business building. You look to the right, you'll see all of the inductees into the Hall of Fame. Their plaques are up on the wall. And uh, we have plenty of room to add to that. Uh, the Hall of Fame is all about celebrating people who have had a big influence uh, in the insurance industry and risk management industry in Arkansas. So, you know, it's unique. I say unique, but it's people who we're talking about what people have done in this for this state and in this state among insurance agencies, insurance companies. So it's people who people who have made a big impact. We accept nominations every year from January to the end of May. And we get really good nominations. So we have a number of those. We've gotten some good nominations this year. We'll have a meeting in uh, later this month to where the board, there's a board. And uh, by the way, if there's any interest in that, feel free to contact me and because over, you know, over time, we bring new people into that board. And so we're always looking for people who are interested in perpetuating activity in the insurance industry in Arkansas. But we'll choose the inductees for this year and then make an announcement on that. And of course, our banquet is the big event in October where uh, those inductees are presented with their awards. They're inducted into the Hall of Fame. But with all of this and with the money that's made, because we'll send out invitations, you can sponsor tables, you can buy individual seats. All of this is, of course, to fund the cost of the banquet, but all additional money that we raise is goes to scholarships for students and to help students do things like take CIC. Uh, there's a CIC life and health exam that they can take while they're in school. And so we, we help fund those things through this, this money, all of the excess money that we have to cover the expense of the banquet, but everything else goes to the students, uh, it, you know, is, is put back for, for them. And it's a great, um, it's a great work that's being done. Not only the, um, I say lifting up or, or putting in front of us people who have been great examples and honoring them. So not only getting to do that, but also uh, to the other side, getting to help promote students who are doing well. And the students have to meet a pretty stringent requirement to get one of these scholarships. And so being able to promote them and help them as they're moving throughout their uh, insurance career, you know, the beginnings of their insurance career is, uh, is awesome. And it's scheduled for October 15th. One of the great things that we have is the venue that we're using now, which has already been scheduled, is large enough. Hopefully we can accommodate anything that we need to to, um, to have the event this fall. Uh, but we're right, you know, we're right, plans are right on schedule and right. Uh, moving, moving ahead. I love that UCA and the School of Insurance is not only investing in the lives of young insurance professionals coming up, but also celebrates the history and the past of what has already happened and those people who have already impacted all of us that are in the industry today. So I really think that's super cool. And my, my last and final question that I've got to get into before I go, because there's so many people listening to this that know him. You're, you're not only involved in UCA, but you're also the mother of our beloved progressive rep and Ben Burleson and our friend, and our colleague, and our competitor, and everything else. What was that like raising Ben Burleson? Well, I'm not going to get into any embarrassing stories. For oh, sure. come on, embarrass him. Listening to this, uh, you know, I can do that in small I'll do it in small groups, but not in not in a big setting like this. Uh, but I'll tell you one thing: Ben and our daughter Bridget. This is something that they've always done is they've always excelled in whatever they put their mind to. And I can tell you why, because they do it with their whole heart and soul. 
Ben loves people, he loves his agents, uh, he loves the company that he works for, and he's gonna do everything he can to perpetuate and help both of those. And you know, he, he, he loves people, he cares. You know, sometimes I tell him maybe a little too much because he takes it you know, on his person. If, if an insured is struggling, if an agent's struggling, if they're having problems, you know, and he comes by naturally because I do the same thing even with my students, you know, right. I, I internalize it. It's like, you know, I want to, I want to help them. I want to do everything I can to help them. And, and, uh, he's like that as well. He loves That's people awesome. and, you know, he loves people and he always has. Um, and, you know, I mean, what can I say? I, I'm, I'm not going to embarrass him with any stories. Uh, but, I, uh, <laughs> I, totally I, will, I will say, I, I will say in school, my worst problem with him was procrastination. Yeah. He always did things at the last minute, but it could be a 10 page paper. He graduated from the University of South Carolina too. And he would say, go Gamecocks if he was here. Uh, <laughs> he would have a 10 page paper due and it'd be Thursday and it's due on Friday. I'm like, man, cause he worked for me, you know, yeah. as well while he was going to school, you know, you need to stop and work on your paper. And he's like, oh, I got that. I'll be done. That's, I'd give him this big lecture about procrastinating. And then a week or so later, well, how'd you do on that paper? And he'd make an A. It, it, you know, it's right. just writing things like that just came so easy, you know, right. came, I, came easy for him. He's just very good. He's very good at what he does and he puts his heart into it. And you can tell that by how he treats his agents right. and how he treats his, the company that he works for and he'll do whatever he wants to. He'll do great things. That's awesome. And I appreciate, I could sit here, we could talk UCA and insurance and even my, my little brother, Ben, yeah. uh, as long as you would let me, but uh, for the sake of uh, time and the podcast and your time as well, um, I do want to give you the opportunity if you don't mind sharing maybe some contact information, if people want to follow up with you or any final words you'd like to say before we sign off, uh, including your uh, contact information. Yes. Uh, I, I'll be glad. Anybody who would like to contact me have any, has any questions about the insurance program, internships, anything like that. My email address is C Burleson. So just C B U R L E S O N three at uca.edu. Contact me anytime, and I'll say that one more time because I said it fast. C-B-U-R-L-E-S-O-N-3 at uca.edu. Send me an email. My number there is 501-852-2360. Feel free to call. Even though I'm not in the office between eight and five, the phone, if you call there, it rings over to my cell phone. So I've, you know, I've got you connected there. But uh, contact me. I'd be glad to talk to you about the program and what we're doing and what our plans are. If you're interested in an internship, we'd be glad to meet with you virtually right now, but hopefully before too long in person and talk to you about that. Um, any ideas you have, you know, if you've got some suggestions, if you'd like to do videos that we, on any particular subject that we can share with students, I love that. And I'm trying to build a library of those. So if you've got expertise yeah. in a certain area, you know, and you'd like to do a 15, 20 minute video on some particular area in the insurance field, I would love that. So just contact me and let me know and, and uh, we'll get together. And I look forward to seeing you guys uh, at the forum, uh, conventions this year, and uh, connect you guys, to have, you guys will be in attendance at convention and you usually have a booth there with some students. So. If anybody yep. wants to stop by and learn more about it from there, you know, I know that Cindy would love that. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for, for visiting with us. Thank you for having me. Uh, I really enjoyed it a lot. Thank you so much, Cindy. Thank you guys so much for checking out my conversation today with Miss Cindy Burleson. I hope the content we brought you added value to your day and helped make you a better insurance professional. You know, I, um, I appreciate so much that you have options out there and what you stick in your earbuds or what you listen to on a day-to-day -day basis and podcast. And I'm blessed and honored that you chose me today 
and that you chose to spend some time with me in Insurance Town. It really means the world to me. Uh, again, go like and subscribe and leave some, some comments and some feedback if you can. Uh, a five-star review would not hurt my feelings at all. So uh, please feel free to do so. Each and every week, this podcast is produced by Ready, Set, Podcast. My friend Ryan does such a good job over there. If you have an idea for a podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out to him at readysetpodcast.xyz, or you can find him on Facebook or Instagram. Again, um, there's no excuses. This guy does such a good job, and uh, I think that your idea, your uh, awesomeness should be out there. So reach out to Ready, Set, Podcast turning your brilliant idea into a reality. Thanks again, and I hope to see you next time. 